Egg Sausage Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. My name is Gigi Nabyar. The lovely lady over there is the Dapper Dame. And tonight, we're chatting about something near and dear to a lot of us, and uh, something that a lot of us are missing right now as well, but concerts. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) I uh, I can only imagine. I just had the thought right before we started as well. I was on my way home from work. Go out there and support your local artists. I mean, obviously, a lot of us are doing really well with supporting local businesses, but don't forget about your damn musicians. Um, they're hurting. They got to be hurting really bad. They need people Probably. to see them. You know, so um, yeah, don't forget about them. <laughs> don't forget about your local <laughs> artists. But uh, we're just gonna dive right into it and uh, tell me, tell me about your first uh, concert experience. How old were you? Where was it at? Who was it? Did um, you do anything bad? <laughs> I mean, n- nothing bad, like lawbreaking bad. But I did. Oh. I, it was bad in the sense that you just don't do that at concerts. Oh. And I had never been to one before, and I didn't know these groups. But it was my mom's like second husband, something like that. Um, and he wanted to like have like bonding time, you know. <laughs> and he knew that I liked a certain genre of music, so he's like, "Oh, I'll take you to a concert." You know, like my son's busy, you know, better up, kid. And <laughs> I had never heard of any of these bands before. It was in two thousand eight. Um, so I was shit 14, I think. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was my first concert and it was a, the heaven and hell tour, which had, um, oh my God, it's like metal groups. I think it's yeah. like motorhead was like the opening people. Yeah. And then there was, what was the band that used to have Dimebag Daryl in it? Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. There. Um, there's a couple other groups, but the thing I did that you don't do at concerts is I fell asleep. At a um, metal show? <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> what? I, I don't. We're quitting this podcast, guys. It's over. It's done. Sign off. Yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the groups. I didn't really like enjoy concerts at that point because it was like my first one. And I was like, dude, it's like midnight. So you know, wait, hold on. School today. You're 14 years old. You're going yeah. to a live music event for your very first time. And you want to tell me that you weren't at least a little excited, regardless of not knowing the people that were there or the bands that were there rather. I guess it was like one of those things where like company super matters. Cause I didn't know what to expect. You know, okay. I wasn't told that it would be six hours long. I wasn't told it would stop at three in the morning. You know, <laughs> I, I thought we were just going to go like see some music and then go home. I didn't know we would be there for like half the day. So your stepdad, I mean, he was super stoked, right? Like he was all about it and he was oh, just dragging dude. you along. Dude, Yeah, he was fucking like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like into it. You know, he had like the the old merch from like the late 80s or whatever. He's like, yeah. this is my first concert, <laughs> you know. Um, did you guys ride in on a chopper? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that would have been really disappointing if I fell asleep then. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't remember all the bands that were there. Supposedly it was cool. I was really tired. I can fall asleep literally anywhere. And I fell asleep like 30 rows in at a metal show. Well, for all our listeners that now know, I wouldn't spread that beyond them. That's, I don't know if I would tell that story that often. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've ever told that story. Oh, good. <laughs> so wait, we need like a counter now of how many stories you've told on the podcast that you really have not told anywhere else. We need a little counter going. Something it, like that. At le- there's been at least three, I feel like, with this one included. Yeah. I feel like this podcast like jogs memories that I haven't thought about like since they fucking happened. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm okay, like, good. <laughs> recollecting my own life, like falling asleep at, uh, what is it, Cobo Hall? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like a huge place. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't want you to like feel like, oh man, I was really trying to forget that memory of that one time I fell asleep at a metal concert. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very aware of how ridiculous it is. Okay, it's okay. Okay. No, I just you know I have to give you trouble about that one. How was your first concert? So I don't know if I could have been more excited. Uh being the young, angsty, you know, aggressive rollerblading, skateboarding, jinko wearing, chain wallet, you know, airwalks. The whole nine yards um, nice. being, you know, into that whole scene, I guess, as a as a young teen. Um, naturally, you know, we were we were always listening to uh, Insane Clown Posse and Eminem and other edgy rap artists like that at that nice. time. Um, and I've mentioned before that uh, I, I was a juggalo, a fan of ICP back uh, back in the day on the podcast. But I, I've never, I guess I never really talked about, you know, the first and only ICP concert I've ever been to, but uh, I was also the same age. I was 14 years old and we, uh, we fortunately had a friend who was a couple years older than us who had a car. So we didn't have to like ask our moms to nice. bring our posse of, you know, clown, minivan. yeah, clown painted faces <laughs> and like baggy clothing, you know, to, uh, to an ICP concert, you know, in our mom's minivan. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice. But it was so crazy because it was at the American Theater. And for those of you who know any St. Louis history, you know that the American Theater is an icon of a venue um, built in the 40s, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure in the 40s. So, um, yeah, and it's still around today. It still as beautiful as ever. Um, just a really, really iconic place. But... Uh, a lot of these people don't know that ICB concerts get pretty wet. And by wet, I mean they're throwing bottles of Fago soda everywhere. Ooh, everywhere. Really they, 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 <laughs> they buy <laughs> soda in bulk from, you know, directly from Fago, who's also mm -hmm. out of Detroit, where they're from. Mm -hmm. Um, but they like set up these trampolines. They have like these water guns that shoot the soda. I mean, it's this whole thing. So they're in the American theater doing this um, kind of like sacrilege. If, if you really care, you it's know, like vandalism, about vandalism. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. You can clean it. But I, yeah, I will say this. They prepared so well at that venue. They like tarped off the entire top row. So like the top row is you know, like traditional seating and it's all like old school style, you know, very nice. Like it's, it's creme de la creme stuff, you know? And so they covered the walls, they covered the seating up top. Like, I mean, they did a very good job at, at protecting everything. And of course I'm sure the cleanup was a real pain in the ass. I, I can only imagine how much, you know, workers at venues love when ICP come to town. But, uh, <laughs> You need like a power washer and just go through Seriously, there. yeah. You just need to have like them at a venue that's just concrete and metal and nothing else. Because then you can literally oh, just... like a really painful slip and slide. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was absolutely insane. I mean, you, I mean, if you can imagine being 14 years old, um, you know, surrounded by a lot of people that are older than you, um, there were definitely a lot of, I would say probably... Over 21 people, like there, there was a fair mm -hmm. amount of people that were older there, but, uh, yeah. I mean, there was no shortage of like mosh pits and, and shit like that. Like I remember when ICP first came out, they were like, everyone from the left, go to the right. And everyone from the right, go to the left. But if you fucking, you know, hit your brother or your sister, you pick them up and blah, blah, blah. Cause like, regardless of what you might say about ICP or their fans or whatever, mm -hmm. they're like, their fans are so loyal to each other. And so die hard and like i understand why they are the, the way that they are um because icp made them that way like they brought the brand you know to like make the people i i don't want to say wholesome but like well it's like a tight-knit community that yeah they built through their like shenanigans and anarchy yeah and and yeah, I mean it's like a it's like a cult following. It, it really is, you know. And but not in like a drink the Kool Aid, let's commit suicide type of way, you know. It's no, just Fago. Just Fago. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so it was a hell of a time. I like 
I, I still want to say that it's probably top five concert experiences for me. And that's going to sound very crazy to some people, but it was, it was go in the pit. Oh, you couldn't avoid it because the American theater is so small and they only have oh, the okay. bottom section. So like there was oh. like where you like, okay. So you walk in, there was probably, you know, 15 feet of space. And then there was like a two step drop and then there was another, you know, 50 feet. No, yeah. Probably like another 50 feet of space. So not, okay. not a very big venue at all. Um, you, if you did not want to get hit by Fago, tough fucking shit. You were getting hit by Fa with Fago. <laughs> I actually brought home, uh, a two liter bottle all smashed up as kind of a souvenir Cute. from that first, <laughs> from that first concert. It's floating around somewhere. I th I'm pretty sure at my parents' house. So. Did you get it signed or stepped on or something? No, no. I did meet them, though. I did meet them one time. I met them and Twisted, which is like another group that's rap-based, mm -hmm. kind of dark style, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I actually met them, yeah, at a local record store. Um, I think it was a couple years after. I think two or three years after the concert. So Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was super memorable time. Definitely didn't fall asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not possible there. At least I would have had something to do. Give me like a squirt gun full of Fago. I'd have a good time. So wait, so would you consider your first concert one of your worst? Yes. Damn. Damn. And I, I think it turned me off from concerts for a really long time. How long? I don't think I went to one for another like four years after that. No way. And you were like in prime, like teenage. Concert learning yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to be angsty. I want to go fucking do cool shit at concerts. You know, I don't know. Like, uh, I knew a ton of people who like every weekend would go to like local venues or save up for big venues. Yeah. And, you know, get like a posse together and go. I just was never part of it. I saw you. I Like I, I imagine... 17 18 year old adrian as like one of those kids that like goes to local venues every weekend that's how i imagine you no i think i've been to maybe 10 shows my entire life what yeah that's just crazy to me because when i was 17 18 i was also in that like mindset of going every weekend like anytime that we could go you know because i mean the shows are cheap if it's at a local venue mm -hmm. generally less than 15 bucks so like it was affordable for a kid that age, you know? And, like, what else did you really have to do? I mean, go see music. That's fair. You know? Like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I guess cars yeah, and music. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cars and music really, like, ruled my life at that age, you know? So. Oh, I definitely have been to a ton of car shows because being in Michigan, they're literally every weekend, and they close down, like, several blocks each time and they're like all right now we're showing all these ones hell like, yeah right. <laughs> that's my kind of place <laughs> nice. well yeah i can only imagine yeah being like i can only imagine the scene just in and around detroit period too like it's got to mm -hmm. be crazy with all the history there um you know it's just naturally there <laughs> so yeah for sure um you mentioned the mosh pit at icp's show have you ever been like hurt in a mosh pit or is it just like regular like bumps and bruises um i've never been hurt necessarily i mean like bumps and bruises sure i will say this though i was at uh, a band called blood brothers if you guys were like into the screamo emo scene back in like mm -hmm. the early 2000s you know what band i'm talking about but uh <laughs> i lost i lost my glasses and oh, no my dumbass thought that I would actually try to find them like in between songs. And boy, was I wrong. Like they got knocked no, off. They got, they got knocked off. I like went to the side of the pit real quick and I was like, all right, fuck. Well, hopefully like they got kicked, you know, to like one, the, the, like the opposite side or like, you know, to my left or to my right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the song stopped and I like started like, scooting a bunch of people over and shit like being like hey i'm just looking for my glasses yeah like yeah just trying to be a you know a nice fellow about it but uh nowhere to be found i'm sure they instantly got smashed and you know so <laughs> i don't i mean i don't i don't think that i mean obviously injuries do happen but i don't think that uh getting your nose broken 
and like bleeding everywhere is a good time in a pit. That's just me. See, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. Oh, what concert? Yeah, so I was in Europe and my friend Lauren was with me and uh, my parents were like, hey, there's this two day outdoor open air, not open air. What do you call it? I guess like yeah. multiple stage venue type deal. Yeah. Like a like a um, fest or like a. Yeah. 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 And like you can camp there if you want to. If you're at a hotel, they shuttle you in. Like it's it's it was pretty cool. Oh damn. Um, and this was in like uh like peak like dubstep era. Okay. When, um, there was like Borgor and Mode Step and like a yeah. couple other groups were like it. You yeah, know? yeah. This was like before Skrillex was um like a thing. Sure. But. We went through like maybe half the day, like listening to some new groups, checking some out. Um, and then towards the end of the night, Mode Step was playing and it the field was divided into like two halves and like down the middle was like a gate where security could go through. Right. Um, so we were like next to one of those fences and we weren't that close to the front. So we're like, oh, when people go nuts, we'll probably be fine. Just hold on to the gate nothing could go wrong right <laughs> right <laughs> seems reasonable and, oh my god dude and we had already had like maybe 11 beers at this point because we've been there all day long and feeling water good. costs more than beer yeah so we're <laughs> feeling good um and then as soon as like that there's like that moment where like everybody holds their breath right before the the bass drops and then that was when my brain was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> And the bass dropped and this huge mass of people just start like rotating and moving and pushing each other. And just we got sucked into it. Oh, no. It was like it had to be hundreds, if not like a thousand people just on this side of like the gate. Like it was so many humans. Huh. And most people didn't speak English. So right. you know, like if you needed anything or had to say anything or like, holy shit, look out, you know, like you couldn't, you couldn't. I was able to hold on to Lauren the entire time because we like hooked arms and like didn't let go for dear life. But there was this guy who was just like throwing hands in any direction, you know, like some people <laughs> like are just assholes, I guess. I don't yeah, know. no, that. But that... he he was so obliterated and he was speaking in French and I had no idea what he was saying, but he turned around and just clocked me right in the face. Like Ooh. he didn't see me before he threw his hand cause he was just swinging wildly. So when he turned around and he hit me and it was like, and then just blood. And I Fuck. was just like, <gasps> and then he was like, Oh my God. Like he, he felt so bad, hmm. but I couldn't tell him that this sucked or it was fine or whatever. He couldn't tell me anything because he was drunk and he was French. And, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> and then my friend Lauren was like super drunk and she's also like a really protective person. Oh no. So, <laughs> so she not knowing what to do with a man twice her size, right. Um, jumps on his back and wraps <laughs> an arm <laughs> Oh, well, she no. can't like stand in front of him because he's way taller and like in his 40s and yeah so she jumped on his back and like held around his neck and then just started slamming into his face wow she is wild she is <laughs> wow wild. yeah um looking back on it i'm like holy fuck lauren's a savage but at the time, I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I have, like, this bump in the middle of my nose now from when it got, like, crushed up. And then the next morning, it was just, like, big purple circles around my eyes and, like, you know, crusted up blood inside my nose. Yeah. And it popped back in place at one point because I went to blow my nose to get all the blood back out of it. And I heard, like, a super loud pop. Like, Lauren heard it across the room. And she Damn. was like, was that your fucking nose? Yeah. And, like, I felt it. And it was, oh, my God dude that's Pits are not for people my size man that's a wild story first of all fuck that guy for moshing during a dubstep show i never understood that like i don't most people were just jumping around like pushing each other yeah you know? casual but that person was just throwing him like i couldn't have been the only person he socked right like dude you're not at a hardcore show 
So just no. chill out. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a UK dubstep band, my dude. Right, <laughs> right. Like, listen, I've been to shows where it's an indie rock band, like a small time indie rock band that like mm-hmm. it makes like wholesome music, you know, and there's people moshing to it. I don't get it. It's it's just people either like want the attention or or want to like troll the band or whatever the fuck it may be. Fuck off, okay? <laughs> like yeah, dude. There's no there's no problem with dancing like an idiot, but maybe don't throw fists when you do it. Yeah, just because you're gonna. I mean, you look stupid, and you're gonna probably hurt somebody. So. I, I, yeah, yeah. dude. Do you ever see those idiots like windmilling at a concert, just like? <laughs> Throwing their fists around as fast as they can. Yes. And there's a time and place for that. If you're seeing a band that plays that style of music. Yeah. Whatever. Do your thing. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything against it. I mean, I think it looks ridiculous. I never did it myself. It was, like, super popular when I was getting, like, into music and, like, going to shows and stuff all the time. But mm-hmm. regardless, you're an asshole if you mosh to stuff that isn't mosh worthy (laughs) but that is super unfortunate so i'm surprised that also did not sort of sway you away from live music did it i don't think i've been to a concert since then oh dang so it totally (laughs) did a couple in between those two but i mean i don't know yeah i do kind of feel like swayed away from it because i didn't feel safe you know that was the main thing is as soon as I got sucked into there, like safety's out the window. You know, you just yeah. have to like hope it's did, fine. Did the crowd like make basically the biggest circle pit ever? Is that what happened? And you guys sort of like got sucked into the vortex of the circle? Is that what happened? So it it was almost like one big moving circle. There was never like a center that was like open, like you yeah. see like in videos or whatever. It was just one big huge moving crowd. That's so crazy. It was nuts. Like if you ever see those concert videos of like the performer looking out at the crowd and it's just like a wave of people moving around, that's what it was like. But there was just a couple people in there that were a little wavier. And again, somebody your size, you don't want to get caught up. Rude. Yeah, you don't want (laughs) to get caught up in that. See, and that brings me to the whole uh big venue versus little venue type of uh conversation Mm -hmm. where I happen to love and have never been to a like oh i take that back i take that back i saw tool at our hockey rink in st louis i'm it, the name is totally blank i'm it's whatever whatever generic ass fucking bank name that the that the you know the the arena is like chase bank of america yeah, or something like that yeah td ameritrade gotcha. whatever the fuck but either way <laughs> that was the so that was last year or earlier this year Either way, that was the first big, okay. big like production venue concert I've ever been to in my 33 years in existence on this earth. Um, I really, really enjoy small, intimate venues. Uh, I guess you could still get caught up in the situation that happened to you in a small venue, but it's way less easy. I think it's it's easier to get out of that. Like if you mm-hmm. do tr- like get tractor beamed into you know <laughs> a all yeah. of a sudden circle pit type of thing um but uh, aside from that as well i mean i just love the the connection you know you get to be nice and close to the band um the ticket prices are generally cheaper mm-hmm. um they sound better i could go on but i i yeah i don't know like what do you what do you think about have you ever been to like a bunch of like smaller venues in your limited Not experience a bunch i mean when we were in new orleans uh, a year or two ago we went to frenchman uh district and we did pop into like a bar or two and see like some up close like um like jazz bands yeah and that was pretty cool we didn't know the names of any of them or anything it was just like casual listening and they didn't even have like a door cover it was just like a drink minimum oh okay um but yeah that was pretty cool and it was nice to you know be and like a smaller group of people, even though there, there was like, if there was a space to put a human there, there was a human there. Um, mm. But it was like maybe a hundred people. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But a hundred people. Yeah. in like a little, <clears throat> in a little bar in, in new Orleans. I mean, that could, it's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of people for sure. 
for sure. But like the vibe was really chill. No one was, you know, being aggro in any way. They were just yeah. all like, all right, yeah, having a beer, standing around, hopefully get a chair. But other than that, it was pretty chill. Now, see, if you had told me that there was somebody moshing to jazz in the in the French Quarter of, of New Orleans, I would have closed I, mine. Yes. <laughs> just no. <laughs> Fucking strong arm and just take him out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's cool though. I I, I can uh, I can appreciate even like a, a small venue with music if it's not something that like is super up my alley. I mean, I would definitely go mm-hmm. to see jazz live. I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. But it's not my first choice by any means, you know, like I'm not going out of my way. I couldn't tell you any jazz artists really that I'm into, I guess. But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, it's um, I think especially for jazz, though, like that's a cool that's a cool setup. You know, you wouldn't really want to like listen to jazz in a big concert hall or a big like outdoor venue, you know, oh, so I feel like that ruins it. It definitely would. It definitely would. And that's the thing, too, is like. All these people go to like these big open air concerts and the, the the sound quality, like just alone, that would that that would that would ruin it for me. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't do it. That was the problem with that concert is if you weren't within like X amount of feet from the stage, like it just sounded bad. Yeah. Especially with like multiple stages at this place. If you go too far, you right. get and then that's weird. Right. So yeah. And then, of course, you know, there's like you said, like you mentioned, uh, the beers and waters being so lopsided in price, but also expensive either way. I'm sure. Granted, that was a yeah. Europe, like that was in Europe, so maybe the beer was a little less expensive. I don't know, but like I know open air concerts here in America, the prices are extravagant. Yeah, it's like worse than an airport. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then a lot of the times, like, the bottled water ends up being Dasani, and you're like, I'd rather just be dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, Dasani is pretty bad, huh? Dasani's fucking gross. Have you ever read, like, the ingredients that are in that? It should just no. be water, but it's not. Oh, well, I'm never drinking Dasani again. <laughs> Dude, for, I mean, oh, my God. I could talk so much about this, but, yeah, maybe another time. Basically, Dasani sucks. Don't drink it. Yeah. Who, who, makes, uh, who makes Dasani again? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, no, shame on you, Coke. <laughs> yeah, it's tap water, by the way. Now they're going to come after us. <laughs> Dude, they know their water sucks. <laughs> they make it. They know what the market's like. They also make smart water, and they choose to put out Dasani. Yeah, I like smart water. Even though we it's do. like, even though it's technically like, it's only uh, for the for the flavor with the uh, the whole, what is it, electrolytes thing. Apparently, mm, I appar- get the pH balance one, but yeah, electrolytes Ooh. is basically salt. Okay, well, that upsets me <laughs> because I wanted to have like the electrolyte feeling that you get from like a Gatorade, you know? Yeah, that's salt. Like you rev, you're revved up. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, like the it's only a- difference between Kool Aid and Gatorade is salt. Hmm. I guess it's all. I don't know. Maybe it's just a goddamn placebo too. <laughs> Probably you're like, oh, I feel better. I should sweat purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always thought those commercials were interesting. I was like, dude, if I drink Gatorade, am I gonna sweat orange? Like that'd be sick. I feel like from a marketing standpoint, that was genius. How cool did you think oh, yeah. that was? It was so cool. So yeah. Cool? Are you kidding me? Wasn't Michael Jordan one of those? It had to be. Had to have been. Had to be. I feel like I'm. I'm picturing Michael Jordan. Like his bald head sweating orange. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they let him like pick the color. I would hope so. I would hope so. But you'd think he'd pick red because that was kind of more along his his uh like brand. His steez. Yeah, his brand. Yeah. White and red. The classic classic Jordans. White would look bad though. White would look really bad. Yeah, probably, milk. probably don't want to be sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Little little milk droplets, little milk um, droplets. You said with that that Tool concert, you said it had like good production value. Yeah, it was really really good. Um, I was gonna mention. So I was always scared of going to a big, uh, like indoor venue because mm-hmm. if you can't afford the tickets or can't get the tickets. 
to like be on the floor, the sound was probably going to suck. Um, I've heard both sides. I've heard that it does suck being up in like the nosebleed seats in an indoor indoor venue. I've mm-hmm. heard it's fine. Um, either way, I made sure uh, to go out of my way financially and with my time because if you guys have ever tried to buy tool tickets, they sell out like crazy. So really? I had to be like, oh, yeah, I had to be super on top of I, I think I was this is going to sound really bad. I was I'm pretty sure I was driving and refreshing the website <gasps> like right. to try to get tickets to try to get decent tickets. Um, okay. And I ended up spending the most I've ever spent on a concert ever and I and probably ever will. But I ended up spending a hundred and sixty bucks per ticket. I bought a pair. Uh, oh man! So That's yeah, pretty pricey. Pretty pricey, but it was totally worth it. We got floor tickets. I took my cousin. The production value I've always heard was really good at Tool concerts because they do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, they've been doing like uh, Alex Gray artwork and stuff like that for years now. But um, man, it was it was really cool. The sound was great. Um, they did pretty well. I think Maynard did mess up the lyrics on a couple of songs. That's great. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, was it worth the 160 bucks? I, w- I want to say yes, but I'm on the verge of just being like, eh, kind of not. You know, I don't know. I mean, if I had to do it all again, I probably would just like buy cheaper tickets and get like closer to the nosebleed and still probably really enjoy the show. But it was it was really cool. It was really cool. It was like a once in a lifetime. Like I can I can die happy now that I've seen Tool. You know. So is there is there a band for you that you've been dying to see that that like either has really expensive tickets or really exclusive like hard to get tickets? Mm, I don't know. So there there was this this group that I saw a couple times, and it's the only group I've seen like a repeated amount of times. And I think I've seen them like four four times so that's that's almost half of the amount of concerts you've been to so they got to be pretty special yeah um so they only tour around christmas i don't even oh. know if they're still touring they've got to be but it's um trans-siberian orchestra yeah yeah if you've ever, yeah absolutely uh, dude, I fucking love them well fucking they're like a big production right yes yeah yes it's almost like seeing a play but like super loud and really well, you know, like orchestrated and designed and the storytelling is beautiful and it's mm. different every year. Like it's so good. So, oh, that's really cool. So they kind of bring like a different aesthetic, like visually every year. Um, So not like full aesthetic. They do kind of have like a style. They, they dress very formally. Okay. Um, like a lot of the women are in like full length dresses. A lot of the dudes are in like three piece suits. Right. Um, like they all dress like to impress. It all has like their own style. It's not like everyone's in like the penguin suit or anything. Right. Um, but it's just like everything about it is like as good as it can be. And then each year they change something. Um, like one year they had like dueling violins. So there was okay. like two different dudes who were like if you can picture like the best violin player, like take two of those and then make them compete, you know? Mm. And I don't know. It was just so good. If you can see like any like footage of it, it's amazing. They did the same thing with like pianos one year between these two ladies. And they started off kind of like jokingly, you know, like playing like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and then going up to like um like Flight of the Bumblebee, which is like a crazy complicated song. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just it's really cool to see someone like flex like creatively <laughs> yeah well especially like a whole i mean how many members are in tri- trans-siberian oh. orchestra if it was less than a hundred i'd be shocked yeah i was gonna guess around a hundred that's yeah yeah because there's like a full choir a full orchestra there's like main people there's like the storyteller who has like a voice of chocolate silk and <laughs> <laughs> and oh dude if you've ever wanted someone to like tell you like a really good story it's that guy you know because he just has mm. the voice for it he okay. just has such a good cadence and he's well spoken and it's just oh man i wish i could do like voice training with that guy so i could just 
speak more eloquently. Right. <laughs> that's cool that even he has a spot, though, in something like that. That's that's really mm-hmm. intriguing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, how much how much were tickets for uh, for that? Um, so I didn't get too close to the stage ever, but I want to say like between like 110 and 150. That's what I would at, expect. At like mid level, you know? Yeah. That's what I would expect for like a full on production. You know, like if you were to go, uh, again, another really iconic place in St. Louis, but if you're go to like Powell hall, which is like where symphonies and shit play, um, the St. Louis mm-hmm. symphony is actually really, really good. Like well-known in the world um but yeah like i would expect to pay between 100 to 150 to see something like that Mm -hmm. top notch you know they are worth that that much you know whereas somebody like who doesn't like rock and roll probably looks at tool and they're like you paid that much for a for a rock concert ticket like i don't know you know i mean (laughs) It depends on if it's worth it to you. And to me, TSO is worth it. I would love to see them again if they're still touring. Yeah, I think uh, I think especially for something like that, though, I would feel more comfortable paying that price. I think the reason tool tickets are the way that they are is because <clears throat> the band knows that they can get it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's... But let's be real also... Um, Bands are making their money from touring. They're not making their money from albums anymore. You know, they're barely making it. I mean, they probably make some money from merch, but they're making money really from their, you know, selling out and doing shit like that. You know, I mean, that's that's the way. That's how a lot of like creatively devoted artists like that are like they make the most money on tour. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Uh, you gotta, you gotta get out there, you know, (laughs) you can't just like sit back and be like a studio person anymore. You know, that just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I can't see like how music is as profitable that way anymore. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe you could be, if you were always hooking up with like bigger acts, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. and bigger artists, uh, you know, whether you were doing like a backup track or, you know, whatever that may be, but yeah, I mean, unless you're doing that, you're you're not going to be a strictly studio artist and make money anymore. Um but yeah, uh definitely uh definitely worth the price, I think. I, maybe one day I'll see TSO. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. It definitely is. And it's really cool to take like a couple people. Like I went with my family a couple times, and it's it's cool to like have that experience together. Yeah, it's uh, funnily enough. I mean, speaking of family, I don't I've never been to a concert with any of my family members. But also a lot of people, they ask me like what I was influenced by growing up music wise. And I'm like, well, my parents are deaf, so not really anything like I was influenced by the radio and what I found Mm -hmm. like turning the knob, you know. So uh, I listened to a lot of country when I was younger don't really care for it now but that was my jam when i was like six seven years old you know it was like cognizant of like music really you know there's still some country music that i really enjoy and then even more leaning towards like the bluesy side and then yes. there's all kinds of in between you know like do you listen to johnny lang at all no but i will um, <laughs> as long as it's not really pop country <laughs> no 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 um he got more towards like the bluesy side just because of like his vocal range. Okay. Um, was really good. And he came up with his first album, I think, when he was like 13. Oh, um, wow. But he sounded far older. Before I saw what he looked like, I thought he was like a really like big, stout, like black guy. Hmm. And then I saw a picture of him and I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to watch like a video of him singing to like put the two together in my brain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to remind me. Uh, you'll have to remind me off podcast <clears throat> to check that out. That sounds, yeah, I'm, I'm into definitely it. Definitely worth it. I'm definitely into it. But, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 uh, I haven't really, I, my sister likes pop country and all that stuff. And I, so I've never been to a concert with her. I mean, I guess in my <laughs> extended family, I don't really like talk that much music with them. So yeah, I know. I, I think that's cool that you got to like experience 
experience that with your family, you know, because uh, music is all, is on another level for a lot of people, you know, so. Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of people also go to like sports events and things like that, you know, like people go to like regular baseball games or football games or whatever. True, true. Um, did, you, did you ever do any of that? Well, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that was uh, like my dad especially gravitated towards sports as a lot of men do. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all that visualness, you know, that mm-hmm. they want. Um, what I was going to bring up though also is I'm sure a lot of you guys, especially at bigger shows have seen interpreters there doing their thing for the deaf people that go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My parents never really caught that wave. I think more because there wasn't, there wasn't interpreters really going to interpret music shows there for a long time. There really wasn't, I would say probably within the past, like 10 to 15 years, it really started to pick up um, even more so. Yeah. Like even more so in the past five years. Um, I know a couple of my professors in college were, were doing it quite often, but it really does take a huge amount of dedication to even do just the concert stuff because you have to get the set list of whatever groups you're interpreting for. And it's usually all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're doing like a big festival, like a three day thing, there is a lot of music to go over and just having the energy and enthusiasm to match the band while you're signing, you know, to accurately, you know, output what they're putting out, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough work. I, I really look up to uh, any concert interpreters hugely like i I hope they're well paid i really do um i don't i mean i i have a i have an idea of what they get paid but yeah a lot of them do it as a side job so but yeah if you ever see one give them give them props out there because they're if you guys actually actually want to see a a interpreter that performs with a group and and travels with them uh look at the interpreter for wu-tang uh, she, really? she's a badass. She's a badass. I forget her name, but man, she goes hard in the paint. It's awesome <laughs> to watch her. Just even if you don't know sign language, like it's so, it's so crazy. So check, check her out. Seriously. I feel like the level of enthusiasm is super important, especially yes. at, um, like a music venue where everyone is wanting to like feel that vibe from the music and mm-hmm. the way that you're like getting your input is from the interpreter. You really want them to be like up and happy or, you know, whatever the mood is. Exactly. Exactly. I think I remember, I think it was like, a God, who it was not, it wasn't a gangster rapper, but it was like, it was a heavier rapper who, you know, who had the ability to like flow really well. And they, uh, they stopped for a second before like rattling off this crazy verse that they were going to do. And they were like, take a look at the interpreter right now. And the guy goes off. I really wish I could remember who it was, but the guy goes off and he's just spitting and the interpreter is keeping up the whole time. And just as enthusiastic about the whole entire verse that the guy's doing. It was so incredible. So incredible. And like the crowd was cheering just as much for the artist as they were for the interpreter. It was a really cool, cool little video. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. I would like to check that out. I'll just have to look up like music interpreters or something. Yeah, like I'll that. I'll I'll find it. I'll find it for sure. Maybe I'll I'll remember to put it in the show notes for you guys as well. I feel like interpreting really fast paced rap is like harder than saying it because it's like a full motion for some of these words. Mm-hmm. Is there like slang for a sign language? Absolutely. Yeah. So I was going to say, you think that like you have to sign this whole like verbatim line or lines, but you don't, mm-hmm. a lot of it is, is condensed obviously because they study it beforehand and they can like see, okay, well I can shorten this. I can shorten that so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, typically it does go the other way sometimes. Like sometimes you'll, you'll input something into your brain and you'll be like, oh shit, I need to do like 10 signs to, you know, convey this, this more complicated English sentence. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you could take that complicated English sentence and deduce it 
you know, to like two signs and yeah. And so it, it, it mostly goes that way, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those times that they're, they're, they're already prepared for those crazy, you know, verses that especially like rapping, I mean, it would be like next to impossible oh to interpret God. a rapper just off the cuff. I mean, if there it was would a, also be hard to like tell what they're interpreting. Yeah. Yeah, I think if they if there was an interpreter that was even remotely fast enough to do that, it still would not be 100% accurate. You know, it just wouldn't. There's no way. There's no way. You'd have to be like <laughs> the rain man of deaf interpreters. <laughs> yeah. To sure. to get sure. to get that done. <laughs> have you ever thought about doing it? Oh god, like Coming out of college, I would be at a level two or level three. Most concert interpreters are level fives that do it in their spare time. So, I mean, so that and that's, like that's top tier. Daily then. Yeah, they're doing like um, level five work includes like uh, courtroom interpreting, police interrogations, um, high, str high stress medical situations. Um, you know, basically situations where you have to be really precise and really good at your job, uh, especially at facilitating gotcha. communication. So, cause one wrong sign, you know, you could be like, that could be the difference between, Oh, you're going to live for the next two years where, you know, they could be like, Oh, I'm going to die in two weeks. <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah. Or, you know, like, <laughs> or whatever, especially you know, doing like a police, um, yes. work, I can see where like preciseness or in the courtroom or any of those situations really. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be like on point with, you know, you're just being a facilitator, not putting any like emotions into it and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a really tough job, <laughs> really tough job. Oh man. Has there ever been a concert where you went in blind and absolutely loved the outcome of the concert like you were just blown away by either one act or more than one act of the concert mm, so i there was one other um like group that i caught and it was in my i it must have been like just before my manson phase so i wasn't <laughs> totally sure where i was going with my music taste or style yet i was very moldable and sure. my cousin was going to a concert um with his mom um, cause she goes to concerts a lot, but she primarily sees like, uh, country music Okay. and he wanted to see this group. He was really ecstatic about it and then offered me a ticket to go. And I was like, Oh fuck dude. Yeah. I would love to just leave my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens. <laughs> um, two of the groups I didn't really care for. And that was Nickelback and uh buck cherry. I'm going to refrain. Um, I'm going to refrain like from those groups. I, I'm going to say that they rate low on my scale of, of musical That's goodness. Fair. I would also <laughs> rate them low after seeing them. Um, but I really liked three days grace. They were there okay. and they had, they had really good, I don't know, like stage presence and music and lots of pyrotechnics, which, you know, is the rage when you're like 15. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. I liked it a lot, but yeah, the other two groups, not so much, not hmm. so much. I'm surprised you'd never had, wait, so you never heard heard either of those first two or any of them or just three days I, grace rather. Um, I knew like that they were bands. I never really listened to them or definitely not like the amount that they were going to play on stage, you know? Okay. So pretty um, blind, pretty blind then. Yeah. Three days grace. I didn't know who they were. Okay. Um, Buck cherry. I only heard that one um song that they ever did i'm pretty sure it's still the one song it, that they've ever done i'm, I'm sure it is too <laughs> and then nickelback it was honestly kind of hard to tell the difference between the songs because they really didn't like pause too much between so huh. like they would like take a beat and then like reset a little bit and then play the next song and I'm like, didn't they just play this song <laughs> like <laughs> that's how it sounded to me and it's that's how i remember it oh man i i just that's exactly how I picture a, a show like that going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three Days Grace was really out of place with those two other groups because they were leaning more towards like not quite as like Fallout Boy-ish, but more, I don't know. 
like more hardcore, I would say, than Nickelback and Buck Terry. I feel like they were like a replacement for somebody else that was like melodramatic in a little country. Yeah, I I tend to group them still with the two aforementioned bands, but I could see how Three Days Grace could be a little bit more hard, I guess. Like Not little... by any like leaps yeah. and bounds, but yeah. it was a weird matchup in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, still dope that uh, you went in blind and you know you got yeah. to you got to see somebody that you uh, that you ended up liking. You know, it yeah, wasn't. Plus, uh... they had like wristbands that were merch, and you know that was pretty uh, pretty stellar. Okay. Um, aesthetic back in the day. Yep, Lots of yep. sweatbands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Going right, going right into that Manson phase. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but when you start wearing like the ones with like studs on them, even yep. though it's still like a fluffy wristband, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> eventually you get like the what do they call them? Like the gauntlets, like the whole arm mm-hmm. piece. Yep, yeah. yep. That was my shit. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I had one where I went in completely blind. Uh, my friends and I were hanging out at a, you know, one of our mutual friends' house that so we hang out at all the time. You know, it was like the frat house. But uh, they were getting ready to go to a show and somebody had backed out and they're like, Ray, you want to go see this band? I'm like, I've never even heard of this band, first of all, but they promised me that I would like it. And I had looked to that group of friends, you know, as like a good source of, of music. So I was like, okay, whatever, fuck it, I'll go. And the first two bands play and I'm kind of like looking around and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like hippie jam band kind of not really. I was like more into like harder music still at the time. So it was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. But this band, you may have heard of them, Sound Tribe Sector 9. And anybody that's like into electronic music or jam bands, you know exactly who I'm talking about because they like were the band for a little while especially like in the more jam band scene but they kind of transcend both like the the electronic scene too um okay so they're they're really cool like they they do hit a lot of different people but god damn was i just blown away by how good these guys were i mean their production value is so good they're all really talented at their instruments. They were doing live art. Like they actually have people that travel with them and do live art on stage. And that's their only job in the band. So I was like, how fucking cool is that? Like you're watching somebody do art. There's some amazing music being played. It was, it was so cool. And like, <laughs> of course at this show, there were like people that were obviously on LSD or, and or shrooms, you know? So they're just like, like waving their head like they do at jam band concerts and stuff but like it did it it was just great i don't know like i just i I was so put off by the first couple bands because they were like really cookie cutter you know just they were almost like fillers like soundtrack Mm -hmm. sector nine should have just played just them like they should just tour with them um they were just so damn good and uh man i like blown away and that that actually like kind of like springboarded me into listening to a a couple more bands that were along those lines, which I mean, I used to be like into electronic music back when I Mm -hmm. was in my early teens. Uh, So it kind of like reinvigorated that a little bit. So nice. I don't know. It's really cool. It was really cool. Um, Jam band wise. Have you ever heard of the band called fish? Yeah, of course. See, I've never, well, I've listened to like one or two of their, songs i guess you could call it but they're like different every time right like they start it one way and then it just kind of goes from there i don't really know that much like i couldn't tell you a track title from fish i know i've heard of them i've listened to them before but yeah sure (laughs) sure um one of my buddies that i used to work with michelle she loves that band and sees them multiple times a year for the last i don't even know how many years yeah um she just loves them the ton of posters in her house her boyfriend loves them they go see them together they'll go like across the country and find different shows that's awesome um yeah she was wearing like grateful dead uh bear earrings one day and i think that's like another jam band type group um yeah they they're in the same family okay yeah i didn't know if that band you mentioned was in the same family as those two uh no because although i could see 
people that are fans of both the Grateful Dead and Fish liking Sound Tribe Sector 9. Um, mm-hmm. Sound Tribe is just more like they're just new. Um, so they like have a new like hybrid sound okay. to, to what they bring. So I guess that's kind of their charm in a way is like they they sort of marry this jam band weird like experimental sound with this electronic stuff and it's just it all comes together it really does it really does i highly recommend checking them out if you if you if you're in, into any of that stuff um really good really good yeah I'm definitely open to to lots of different kinds of music it's just i i really don't make time for music anymore i feel like mm. i have it on the background sometimes but a lot of the times I'll have um, like a podcast or somebody stream up and that'll be my background noise instead of music. Yeah, I think, do you, do you think like you've gone in and out like over the years with music or do you just think that you never like gravitated towards music that much period to like really make time to find new stuff? I think in the era that I was really music, like almost devoted, you know, because I was constantly looking for new stuff of any genre, um, mm. you know, back in like the iPod days, I almost needed like multiple iPods with how much fucking music I had. Sure. And yeah, probably in the last like four years or so, I've really fallen off of it. And wow. I just have like older playlists. Um, or I just click random ones that are like pre-made and it's like, you might like this. And then I was like, all right, I'll listen to it. Mm. But I I definitely, I'm not on an active hunt for new music anymore. I think it's also harder to find stuff as well. I like people are probably scoffing a little bit now that I say that, but I mean, there is, I think there's just so many ways to get new music out now that uh quite frankly there's a lot of crap out there (laughs) a lot of stuff that's like i don't want to listen to um so when i listen to like those playlists that are like made for you version one you know like on spotify or whatever um like i'll find one or two good songs but there's so many that i'm like fuck just skip it (laughs) it." you know like like within the first minute you know if that song is going to be your jam or not yes i completely understand that there's I am I like to call myself like very picky within genres. So like hmm. there's, you know, a wide range of I'm trying to think of something. Like um there's a wide range of screamo, okay? There's a ton of True. fucking bands. Um I really only like maybe a handful. And there's a fucking ton of them, you know, where a lot of people are just like I don't care what it is. I just love all screamo or whatever, you know? What I mean Pick That's your definitely genre. Not me. Definitely yeah. not me either. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm like a little naive about that. Maybe more people are like me, you know, but I just feel like there's a lot of diehard, like I like this and I hate this, you know, like I love Screamo, but I hate country or whatever, you know, just putting something general yeah, out there. I feel there. like so many people who's like on like the rock side of things or Screamo or metal or whatever, like hate on country so much 100 percent. but i think it's more anything but country i think it's more the pop country stuff you know Mm, it's like they they haven't been introduced like the more traditional country like that has like the bluesy feel to it or whatever dude i love like bluegrass type music throw a little banjo in there you know like just just let them listen to hank williams like you know (laughs) the original or scene you know or junior rather or even the third, you know, I like Hank, Hank Williams, uh, the third, he's really cool because he transcends both like rebel country, very like traditional rebel country, but also has a metal album. It's kind of cool. So, you know, like um, the multiple facets. Yeah. Like I'm sure Hank senior is probably like, I don't know what you're doing, son, but you know, Hank junior is <laughs> just, or Hank, the third's probably just like, well, that's what I do, you know? So it's not a phase dad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've actually. <laughs> Part, oh my god, I'm gonna admit something on on air, but I am actually part of a Facebook group called Not a Phase, and it's like a bunch of people still talking about their emo days in the early nice. mid to mid two thousands. <laughs> nice, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, well we're about at that time. We cruise through that episode. 
We did. It was nice to to look back on all the shenanigans that happen at concerts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you guys listen to this, be sure to drop a comment on YouTube or Twitter about what your concert experiences were like. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you get punched in the face by a French guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We do put out episodes every single Wednesday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast. And thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.